Welcome to the King's Podcast, the ultimate guide of film and television. Okay, this is my last episode. So that was not my last episode, but this is going to be my last one. I'm disgusted with myself. Alrighty, I hope everyone's doing well. We are currently in both Mercury and Venus in retrograde. So, just be careful out there, folks. <laughs> be careful with communication. Be careful with your heart. Because things are going to be kind of a little, a little crazy the next coming weeks. I'm sure people are already feeling it. You're already feeling it, right? Things just seem off. The planets just don't seem aligned. Every There's so much confusion in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like Venus and Mercury in retrograde all at the same time. Venus is ending next month. In September, Mercury, I'm not too sure where Mercury's ending. I, I hope it's soon because one thing I do not like is Mercury in retrograde. I'm terrified of Mercury in retrograde. Very terrified. But I live. I just rebuke everything in the name of Jesus and I just carry on. So, now that we got that out of the way, let us talk about a lovely original film that is streaming exclusively on Hulu, called Miguel Wants to Fight. It's directed by Oz Rodriguez, who did the Netflix film, I believe, Vampires vs. the Bronx. The film stars Taylor Dean Flores, who plays the lead character, Miguel. You have Christian Venampola, who plays David. Imani Lewis, who plays Cass. Suraj Patha, who plays Serini. Raul Castello, who plays the dad of Berto. And we have also Dasha Palanco, Mrs. Rodriguez, Andrea Nevado, who plays Lydia, the mom, Miguel's mom, and Serenas J. Jackson, who plays Armando. So interesting enough, the cast, I'm quite familiar with the adults in the film. Like, Rael Castello, I love him. I have a humongous crush on him ever since looking, and it hasn't changed. <laughs> um, he's what we call daddy. And Dasha, I've known her from Orange is New Black. I love her. And Andrea, who plays the mom. Hello. Jane the Virgin. So, and also Serena's, he was in one of my other favorite shows, Insecure. So I'm very familiar with the adult cast. Not so much the young, well, besides Amani, I'm not that familiar with the, the younger cast, but they were fantastic. Amani was in the short-lived Netflix show called First Kill. It's kind of a cult, cult favorite. Um, I did watch it a few episodes. And I have to admit, it was kind of, I felt it was kind of like, awfully bad but good but you kind of watched it because it was kind of bad I mean I enjoyed myself watching it I'm not gonna lie it wasn't like oh this is terrible I hate it it was for I was enjoying myself I was like oh yes continue I love it was like a, a sapphic vampire drama but it's kind of like romantic so like a romantic action drama. Quite interesting. Anyways, check it out on Netflix, First Kill. 
But anyways, we're talking about Miguel wants to fight. Overall, I found this film to be entertaining, endearing, funny, quite original. One thing that really sold the film for me was the chemistry between the group of friends. I I absolutely adored that. The moment I saw the trailer from Miguel Wants to Fight, I wanted to see the film immediately. I It's no secret that I'm a cinephile. So I grew up loving films and all different genres of films. But particularly, I was really into fantasy and science fiction and horror growing up as a kid. And... And so even, so while I was growing up, those necessarily, those, uh, those genres, there wasn't too many people who looked like me in those genre films. I'm just so happy to like live in the day and age where I can see black and brown bodies being in spaces that usually, usually have been geared towards white, towards whiteness. And so this kind of film, usually with all these quirky characters and, you know, allowing spaces for pe- for um, for nerdiness and dorkiness and for it to be kind of seen as just allow- giving a space for Black and brown people to be individuals. I just remember f- being brought to tears when I first saw the trailer, Miguel Wants to Fight, because it reminded me a lot... Oh, gosh, I feel like I'm getting emotional. (laughs) But it reminded me a lot about my childhood when I was growing up. My group of friends, we were what we used to call United Nations. But we were... (laughs) We were were just pretty much like the whole full color of the rainbow when we all got together. We had... our, our My friend group were... We were were south were either from were Korean, were Indian, Nigerian, Cameroonian, Kenyan. We had like some of us were Haitian, um like like Liberian, like Ghanaian. Um we had some people from but but that is just kind of how I grew up. It, and then we would just then we were like I'll, I'll then we'll, we'll just be like our our token white friend would <laughs> be a part of our group, but so we just kind of and our friend would be like with freckles and red hair or something. But we just had that was just kind of our my my experience right growing up as is like being that. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, they look like how I did when I was in high school, like my friend group. And I felt in many ways, I was a lot like Miguel. I was a big fan of films. I like to, I kind of got my friends together and we were going to make a horror movie. That's how nerdy I was. <laughs> I was like, let's write a horror movie because I wanted to be like the next, um, gosh, like, I, I see like, like, um, Wes Craven back in the day. Um, I was kind of a, so there was like Wes Craven with all the Wes Craven films. And then I was really a big fan of Stephen King. And so I was like, yes, let's do horror films and let's, you know, let's write it. I was kind of in some ways like Dawson Leary, but not as annoying. Um, I'm talking about Dawson from Dawson Creek. 
Um, <laughs> so that was kind of like me growing up. And so kind of seeing Miguel kind of reminded me of myself when I was in high school. And he was just sort of like unapologetically his, himself <laughs> the whole time. Um, but the premise of not just talking a, about how it, just um, the feel of it, the premise of the film is about a young, like, teenage boy, Miguel, who learns that his mom got a new opportunity, a job opportunity, that was going to take him away from his town, not his town, maybe, maybe his neighborhood, because Syracuse is not really necessarily a town. It's, it's like a, I guess a smaller city, I guess they have, like, a small city. Well, Syracuse, Sy- yeah, so Syracuse, so he's in Syracuse, New York, and he finds, like, his mom gets a great opportunity in Albany. And so his parents are moving, and he's going to be leaving all his friends in his neighborhood. And in some ways, he kind of wants to kind of, it's, in some ways he's like avoiding the inevitable of the move, and so he decides to do this whole quest of, like, I need want to get in a fight, and I needed to get in a fight this week. He hasn't gotten in a fight, but it hasn't really bugged him that he hasn't gotten in a fight, but now that he's leaving, he's like, I need to get in a fight. I have to feel some sort of connection to all my friends. Because unlike all of his friends, Miguel has never been in a fight. He kind of just, like, watches in the sidelines, and kind of, and I love when they go do the flashbacks to all the fights and you find out, like, how Miguel wasn't in the fight. There's one where they got in a fight in the movie cinema and Miguel was just really excited to watch the movie. <laughs> I was like, once again, that is me. I feel like I would be the one. People were, like, having a whole different conversation. I would be there with my popcorn and my drink. Like, oh my gosh, the trailer's about to start, guys. <laughs> that would be me. Um, and just so even, like, uh, yeah, so he decides that he needs to get in a fight, and he's adamant about it, and his friends are, like, they're going to help him out. And so he has his wonderful group of friends. He has his his main friend, David, David, um, who's, I think in many ways, David's the leader of the group. Um, he's what I would call the Kevin Richardson of the group. If you know, Kevin Richardson was from the Backstreet Boys you know, the, the leader, sort of like the father figure of the group. Then you have um, Serini, who's definitely like more the comedic relief, more or less. But, and then you have Imani, I mean, Cass, who she's the only girl of the group. But she's like, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't let that, let that stop her. She gets in all kinds of fights. She's a tough cookie. I absolutely adore her. Um, the dynamic between Serini and Kaz was hilarious. They they were, like, basically busting each other's balls. I mean, that's, like, like a term. Just always... Uh, but, um... And then you have... <laughs> they're just... <laughs> so just talking about them just going... I mean, like, seriously, I just, like, thinking about everything. The, the, the film is just too funny. I feel like I was laughing all the time. Especially, like, the, the whole fight montage, I was... It was just too much. I think I think um, when Cass did the open hand slap to Claudia, oh, I had to rewind it because it was too funny. <laughs> I remember like aggressively hugging. So he was like, okay, let's do the fight. So this is just aggressively hug. I mean, just, it was, uh, it was just really wonderful. But I really d- did feel that there was a lot of, 
nuances and depth to these characters. These teenagers going through, like David was going through the loss of his father and trying to navigate those feelings. Because it can be hard, you know, especially when it's like a sudden death. That's something I relate to and it wasn't something you were expecting. And it's going, especially when you had um, a father who was such a mammoth of a personality and then having that person no longer be in your life it's a really difficult way, it's difficult waters to navigate. And I thought they handled it really sensitively in terms of doing, but one thing I, and I think I've mentioned it over and over again, just how much I thought the chemistry between the four of them was so great. They really did feel like friends, like best of friends. And they were kind of hinting at the fact that um, Serene had a bit of a crush on Kaz, which I thought was really funny. With just like little things, like questions, like <laughs> Serene asking about her like love life, like who, like her love history, or the fact that he even pointed like like my crush, and she's like, "Wait, you have a crush on me?" Like it was, it was really funny. I kind of hope that I'm not too sure how it would be, but if there were to be a sequel, I I would still kind of want them to be platonic because I think it would just. I don't know. I just kind of like that. But, you know, who knows? Who knows how um, friend groups... Because I think it's possible, you know, like if their romantic feelings did develop with the friend group, for the friend group to still kind of keep their dynamics. It is a possibility. I mean, I'm a big fan of love, and friends to lovers is one of my favorite tropes, at least in our books. So what more can we discuss? So there's, like, tons of obstacles in Miguel's way to find the perfect fighting partner. Or not fighting partner, the first perfect person to fight. And so he, the first person he comes up with in his list is the very pretty boy, the popular boy, Adrian, who, fun fact, I actually know the actor who plays Adrian, Jordan Owens. So basically, one day in class, Miguel gets up while he's in his, art class and he's enjoying himself and the Adrian makes fun of 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 Miguel implying that that Miguel got an erection while looking at the painting of Mona Lisa so Adrian coins the term Mona Lisa Mona Lisa and starts making fun of him. <laughs> and Miguel just him explaining he's like he's like it's not I don't have a bone it's just my pants the actor, I tell you, he's so endearing. Like the whole time, I was just like, "Baby boy!" I'm like, like I, I just in my head, he was, he was my child, he was my son throughout, because he was just so endearing, so funny. I just, I just, I just absolutely loved it. And I'm referring to Taylor Dean Flores, who plays Miguel, but unfortunately, he couldn't fight Adrian because Adrian had a cast. It was just, and there's all the different reasons he couldn't get in a fight. There was another one where he tried to get into a fight with the guy, one guy who, gosh, let me see what his name was. Yes, Blake White. So he was trying to get in a fight with Blake White and he's throwing all these like, making fun of Blake White saying like, oh, he looks like he, he, his parents work with ice and everything, and then you find out, like, why is he throwing all these terms out? You find out that Blake is racist. But it's like, he can't even handle the rose, because next thing he knows, he starts ins- he just starts insulting Blake's sister, who had, who got into an accident. 
I mean, just like the timing of all the reveal of her being right there behind him. I was just like, oh gosh. <laughs> like, it was like, I was sometimes I was dying of secondhand embarrassment for Miguel. Like, I'll be like hiding. I was like, oh gosh. There's just so much, like, so many great moments. Um, them trying to unnice him, but having him go and curse out an older man in a supermarket. And I feel like that would be me. I, I would be too, sort of like insulting someone. He was someone says, Hey, can you help me with something? I was like, Yes, I can help you. I'll pick up all this stuff. But I don't think I will actually curse the person out. I would tell them, I'll be like, Hey, I'm like, I need to do this. My friends are looking. So I'm just going to like insult you. Don't take it personally. And then I'll make a big scene of pretending that I'm insulting them. But I have to let them know that I don't mean anything. I'm sorry. I love you, you know, and go about my way because. <laughs> Ooh, I'd be like thinking about that all day long and probably have to go and find the person I insulted and give them flowers and candies and do their chores for a whole month. Um, yeah, so I don't think it would be very difficult to unnice me. Um, yeah, so it's just really a lot of it's just him just not being able to face the reality of the move and what it would mean. But there's also a lot because sometimes I think he feels as if he's not the son his father wanted because his son his father actually is in charge of of a boxing ring so he then you know looks at you know he trains fighters and everything like that but miguel is not that way um but i really did love kind of the understanding that miguel gets with his father later on towards the movie not to be a huge spoiler but i thought that was a really touching moment um between the pair of them but I think it's just interesting, even he did get the fight, but not the fight that he wanted. It was just more of him just dropping dropping the ball as a friend. David wanted help with, you know, his practice test. And Miguel just wasn't showing up for him in the way that he needed because he was just so laser focused on this fight and just avoiding all of his responsibility, avoiding the reality of being moving and not able to tell his friend he's moving but just even but it's like, like hey you're just gonna be two hours away it's not the end of the world another thing that i really enjoyed was sort of um the homages to other films the films that the films the tv shows that miguel loves there's one where he in sort of like the fantasy he has a lot of fight fantasies and he had one the first one was enter the dragon and so that was one. And then the next one he had another with, he did the matrix. So, the, and then there was um dragon ball Z and then there was like crunching tiger, tiger, hidden dragon. So there's all these sort of like references to stuff that he watches or, you know, I was just thinking, I was like, well, if that was me, like I would also throw like <laughs> all the film references. But for me, like I would also Sort of like Dragon Ball Z would probably be something like Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> Spice World. <laughs> It'd be like weird, but like Powerpuff Girls and Spice World, and then you were like throwing Carrie and Joss. People were like, what in the world is this? But like, what is this? I was like, hey, maybe some Lord of the Ring references. It would just be like a huge, huge jumbo soup of film references. 
It will all come together and be delicious. That's a jumbo. I meant gumbo. Oh my gosh. I tell you, Mercury and Retrograde just messing up my brain. But I think, I'm trying to think if there would be like elements that I would change from the film. I mean, there wasn't so many because I think even like the. I know there were some people who felt like the character, there wasn't much um, that was added to the character of, like, Amando with him just being there. Um, But I thought... No, but, yeah, actually, to tell the truth, I'm just, like, looking back at all of, like, my notes and everything I took while watching the film, and I can't think of anything that I would have like added to the film or taken out for the film. I didn't feel like there was unnecessary characters. And I also like, um, I think this is the reason why it's so important. Um, uh, it's so important when you have people of color who are writing and directing the films, because what I know is a lot of times when we are either the secondary characters or whatnot, we're just sort of flat. There's nothing real about the characters that we are. But when you kind of see these characters that are written from either a black or brown perspective, they're like full of life. They're people you've encountered in your regular day of life. Um, they're not just stereotypes or who or just people or how white people think we are. And I love seeing these films and I just remember just feeling so moved. And I just feel like with everything, with all the emotions I was seeing and every all even like, like the negativity that was coming my way, um, Miguel wants to fight with such a wonderful um cleansing palette for me. I probably will watch it again uh, because I feel like it's my my sense of humor in some ways. In some ways, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Napoleon Dynamite and Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You know, Mix was a good amount of the movie Dope. Like, if you've seen the movie Dope, I, lo- I love Dope, but I feel um, the success of films like Dope kind of led their first space, spaces for films like Miguel Wants to Fight. Because I can't really see a time, particularly in like the early, not the, the mid-2000s, films like Miguel Wants to Fight weren't being around. Like in the 90s, I remember there being a lot of films similar to this. Like I remember seeing a lot of like represent, like great, great representation like in the 90s and like the early 2000s. But then there was just a time where things just stopped and the representation was atrocious and terrible. And then now is kind of this amazing time uh, for like creatives and also film lovers. Like I'm just, I'm excited for some of the things that are coming up. There's, yes, there's nonsense, but there's a lot of great art too. And I really loved Miguel Wants to Fight. I would recommend it. I would, I would tell you to check it out watch it and if you do not live in the united states miguel wants to fight is available on disney plus and stars plus so those are ways you can watch miguel wants to fight but it's if you're in the united states you can watch it on hulu thank you so much for listening to me 
I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope that my little podcast made you a little bit happy. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure that you like and subscribe. And if you really love it, go ahead and share it with anyone you think may enjoy it as well. And I've got to go because the rap on music is coming out right now and I didn't really have time to thank all the people I had to thank, but gotta go. God bless. <laughs>